You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. Could we put up the first song, Hey Waymaker, not Haymaker, Haymaking season's just finished, hasn't it? Waymaker. <coughs> well, it's a good, the sun's out, we could be making. Uh, really struck me when we... When we sung this, God is all of those things. He is the way maker, is a miracle worker. He is a promise keeper. God keeps his promises. In this book, the Bible, there are lots of promises and he, that God makes and he keeps them all. Does any, can anybody think of some promises in the Bible? He'll never leave us or forsake us. That's good. If you're going off to college, he will never leave you or forsake you, be with you. Anything else? Sorry, one at a time. <laughs> he forgives us. Psalm 103, I think. He will forgive us. He forgives all our sins. 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Was it you, Ray? He's got a plan for us. To prosper us and not to do us harm. Yeah. He does not leave us He will not leave us as orphans. He will send the helper to us, the Holy Spirit. His grace is sufficient. He's coming back again. Praise God. There is no condemnation. For anyone who is in Christ Jesus, we are not condemned. There's lots. What struck me is that we know, many of us know lots of the promises, but we don't always, if we're honest, live in the good of those all the time. Yeah? Uh, It says, Jesus said in Matthew 17, he said this, if you have faith... As small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Now, you've got to know the context of this. We can't just invent something and, and speak to something to move. But when we look at the promises of God, we can speak them, and that will happen. Amen? What I say is you don't need a lot of faith. Jesus said you only need the faith as a mustard seed. A mustard seed, he he used the mustard seed rather than another seed because it is a tiny, tiny seed. He's saying you've got a bit of faith, speak that out. And it really struck me today, I felt God was speaking uh, through that. If we have promises that we're not yet seen, if we've got promises that we want to see fulfilled in our life, speak them out. You only need a little faith and God will move it. It might not move today, it might not move tomorrow, but if you keep speaking faith, Move, uh, speak to that mountain. So I want to pray. Father, I want to pray for each of us here, those promises that we need to lay hold of, that you would uh, give us the courage to speak the little faith we have, to speak to those mountains. And if we've got no faith, put a seed of faith in our hearts that we can speak your truth, your truth, your promise to you and to the mountain that it will move in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, thank you. Um, 
Right, that's not what I planned to talk on this morning, but I really felt God was just highlighting. I wanted to highlight to me, I wanted to highlight to you that he is faithful. He keeps his promises, but speak them to the mountain that you need. Speak the promises to God. We're actually in a, a series on the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and I want to talk today about something that Holy Spirit does in us about our identity that speaks to who we are. I think it's so important these days, people are asking, who, I, who am I? And the Bible tells us who we are. So uh, if you were here at the Father Heart Conference, you might remember that uh, Wes, who was preaching, preached from the temptation of Jesus, a story when the devil tempted Jesus, and he said, this talks about three lies about our identity, three lies about who they are. Can anybody remember any of the three lies about our identity? You are what you do. That's a lie. We are not what we do. First lie, we are what we do. Anybody remember another lie? Second lie is we are what we have. And the third lie is you are who other people think you are. The lies are you are what you do, you are what you have, you are what other people think you are. And that, all, what that means is if we believe those lies, we are striving to do more, to have more, to impress people more. And these are ways of defining ourselves. These are the ways that we can do something to define ourselves, to define our own identity. Those are the lies. This is the truth. The truth is that your identity is given to you. You cannot define or redefine your identity. Your identity is given to you because we are God's creation. We are not created by ourselves. It's true. We are created by God. We can improve ourselves, but we can never go beyond what God has created us to be. We can grow into that, but we can't change it. So a key thing in the Bible about identity, often, for instance, uh, you might have heard of a guy in the Bible called Joshua. Yeah? In fact, there's at least two Joshuas. And to identify which one we're talking about, many times in the Bible, it will say, Joshua, son of Nun. That's N-U-N, not nobody. That was his father's name, was Nun. Or that wasn't a good one to pick, was it? <laughs> That's confusing. And his dad wasn't a nun either. <laughs> Not a good one to pick. So there were the other Joshua who was called the Joshua son of Jehozadak. And so you know the difference between the two Joshuas. Now, Jesus could have been defined as God. He could have been defined as or identified as saviour or counsellor, redeemer or creator or many things. But in Matthew 3... God speaks who he is. This is when Jesus got baptised, God speaks who he is. Interesting, in the Church of England, at a christening, the, the, the vicar speaks the name. And at Jesus' baptism, God spoke who he was. That's, and it says in uh, Matthew 3, verses 16 to 17, As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water, have we got this on the slide? Did I? Put, I didn't put that on the slide. Sorry, my bad. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened 
And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The Father God identified Jesus as my Son, whom I love. Or in some versions, my beloved Son. Basically, in the Bible, biblically, our identity is that we are the child of our Father. That's, you look through the Bible, usually after a name it says, Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, or whatever name and son of. That our, our, we get our identity from our Father. So what does that mean to us as Christians? John 1, have I got this one? Good. John 1, verse 12 to 13 says this about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus. Yet to all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. When you put your faith in, when you believe in Jesus, when you put your faith in Jesus, you are born again of God. You become God's children. And that is our identity. You could be a super apostle, a prophet, a teacher, whatever, but you will never be anything greater than a child of God, a child of God's. You know, in Hebrews, when it talks about how great Jesus is, it says he's greater than the angels because Jesus said, uh, God said to Jesus, you are my son. There's nothing greater than being the son of God. You can be the best preacher in the world, but you're no greater. Your greatest identity is your basic identity as a Christian. You are a child of God a son or daughter of God. You'll never get better than that. In John 3, Jesus talked about being born again of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has given us birth and and, and made us children of God. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. Having been born again by the Spirit of God, we have a new identity. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Before you were a Christian, you were one thing. You are a new creation. Now you've become a Christian. You became a new creation. Not patched up, but a new creation, a new identity, which is a child of God. That is your primary identity as Christians. You are a son or a daughter of God. Got that? But there's more that the Holy Spirit does. There is a continuing work of the Holy Spirit regarding sonship. There's two verses I want to focus on. In Romans 8, verse 14, it says this. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. The spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And a very similar verse in Galatians says something similar. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. So the spirit 
not only gives us new birth to become children, the Spirit is in us, crying out, Abba, Father, crying out that we are his children. And it says it, it testifies along with our spirit that we are children of God. <coughs> now, this is, this is actually something very deep and very important, a very important part of what the Holy Spirit does. You see, on the day that God the Father spoke from heaven and said to Jesus, you are my son, it says the Spirit led him into the desert to be tested. And, every, and, there was, and it mentions three temptations of the devil. And each one starts with this. If you are the Son of God. If you are the Son of God. Three times the devil tempts Jesus and starts a temptation with this. If you are the Son of God. The idea is that the, the devil is speaking about our identity and trying to get us to doubt our identity. And he says, if, the first one was, if you are the son of God, speak to these stones and turn them into bread. Do something to prove that you are the son of God. And this is, this is the first lie, that you are what you do. <coughs> and... The weapon that the devil uses against us is a weapon against our identity and it speaks to the fear that we sometimes hold inside as well, that we're not accepted by God. And it's, inside it speaks this, you aren't doing enough, you haven't got enough, people don't really think much of you. Anybody heard that inside? Yeah. You're not doing enough. You're not really so good, are you? That is not from God. That's not the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit testifies that we are children of God. Now, it's interesting this word testified. Uh, testified is a word used in court as well. And it's like the devil somehow has got us into court. We shouldn't be there, but he's accusing us and saying, you're not a very good Christian. You're not doing enough. People don't really think much of you. And we could speak in our own defense. But the Holy Spirit is an advocate. Do you know another word for advocate? In English, that is. Another word is solicitor. He is our defense solicitor, and he speaks the truth. It's a bit of a messed up court. He can actually be a witness as well. He def he, he, he's teaching us what to say. He's teaching our spirit to cry out to God, Abba, Father, to, to declare that we are children of God. And he is a witness as well. He's declaring this is a child of God. He doesn't address the lies. He speaks the truth. Because if we start to address the lies, what we'll say is when, God, when the devil says you're not enough, we'll try and say, I am enough. And that's not a good defense, because the truth is I'm not enough, but Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough. And the world these days, you know, have you ever heard people say that if you really want something and you really believe it enough and you really go for it, you can do anything? Yeah, that's a kind of philosophy. It's not true. Do you know what? You can do what God gives you to do. 
Do you know what? I will probably, most of you, will not be able to win an Olympic gold medal. Even if you want it a lot. I'm not saying don't try. But we can do whatever God has called us to do and God gifted us to do. We can't just do anything because we want it enough. We are not enough, but in Christ we are enough. We don't have enough, but in Christ we have all things. And the, the lie about what people think of you. Do you know what? What we need to know is what God thinks of us. Because we can't always change what people think of us. But the truth that he speaks to you is that you are God's child. You are loved by God. You are God's daughter. You are God's son. You are loved by God. That's the defense that we have. And thus the spirit inside of us. I just, what I wanted to do today is to alert you and, and wake you up to the fact that this is a work of the spirit. He lives inside of us to speak the truth that we are God's children and to teach our spirit to cry out, uh, Abba, Father. Abba is a, a Hebrew word. It cannot be translated easily into English, but it means something like, it's, a, it's, a, it's like daddy. It's very intimate and very respectful. We kind of have father as respectable in English, father being respectable and dad or daddy as being intimate. This one word combines both. And uh, the Holy Spirit teaches us to, to respect and love and, and know the intimate love of God, the Father, and cries out within us and teaches us to cry out. And it's important that we let the Holy Spirit um, do that. And it's something very deep. I don't know whether you've experienced the Holy Spirit doing this, but it's very deep. When I was a young Christian, um, uh, a leader in the church that I was going to said, um, uh, asked me this question. It, because your parents are divorced, do you, do you struggle to uh, relate to God as a father? And I thought about that. I thought, I don't think so. And I said that because what I had experienced was that the Holy Spirit was teaching me. It wasn't a, a fact that God's father. The Holy Spirit was teaching me. But as I've gone through my life, that uh, at that stage, I'd only learned a little bit. And I'm learning all my life really how much God is a father and how much he loves me. I had a lot to learn and God is, is, um, is, is still in the process. Uh, and uh, one thing that, uh, one time, an experience that I had many years ago, uh, I want to talk about voices that, that speak inside, that inner voice that kind of lies to you sometimes, tells you you're not enough, tells you you're inadequate, um, but you never put that into words. Do you know what I'm meaning? It's kind of a, an inner monologue or inner voice. God spoke to me one time and he said this. I remember the words. He said, Tim, you don't believe that anyone could really like you. And when God spoke that to me, I... I I don't necessarily, I don't often hear God speak that clearly. In a, in a, in a, I get ideas in my mind, but it was that sentence. You, Tim, you don't believe that anyone could really like you. And what I realized this, that that was true. That's what inside I really believed. But I also 
understood that I was believing a lie. Uh, that it is possible that could somebody like me. Not everybody, but it is possible. And uh, I realised when when God uh, put when the words were put to that inner thought, I could see that it was a lie. That makes sense, and that's why we often can't put. The devil doesn't put words on it. It's kind of a feeling of inadequacy, a feeling of not being enough. And, um, and so I, I, I asked a pr- friend to pray for me, and he prayed for me. He said, just want to say, it's not true. Uh, people do like you. Um, and he prayed for me because I was believing a lie. And the truth is, not only does, does God love me, he likes me. And not only does God love each one of you, he likes each one of you. He likes to hang out with you. He likes to spend time with you. He created you. Do you think God would create somebody he didn't like? It's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Who who finds themselves in their inner thoughts that you're more aware of your lacks and the stuff you don't like about yourself than your gifts and abilities. You're more aware of your, yeah? Yeah, it's true, isn't it? It's probably true for many people that we're so aware of our our lacks rather than our gifts. And you know what? (laughs) We've got to be aware, not necessarily of our gifts, but how we're loved and uniquely created. We have many lacks. One of the reasons God doesn't give us all abilities is that we need each other. We're not, we're not meant to live alone. You know, Jesus, when, it struck me, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, the Lord's Prayer starts with our Father, which talks about our identity. We are children of our Father. But it also talks about identity. Not my Father, it's our Father. We are a family. And as a family, we have gifts, we have abilities, and we have lacks. But together, we have it all. We don't all, none of us have it all together. But together, we have it all. It's a good one. I didn't make that one up. I stole it. (laughs) From somebody much more clever. But that's okay. There was a time... um, Many years ago, I was, um, the, the, the spirit was moving in a very deep and powerful way in the church. And people were just finding they were crying or laughing as God was dealing with their emotions. And I didn't get a lot of that, but I remember one time I was in a small group and somebody prayed for me. And I started to say, I'm God's son, over and over. Just those three words. I'm God's son. I'm God's son. I'm God's, and I, I could have stopped or start any time, but I just felt I needed to repeat that. And I wasn't talking to anybody except myself. I'm God's son. I must have said it a hundred times or more. I just repeated it. And do you know what? Uh, I didn't understand. Just felt the Holy Spirit was leading me. And um, I feel it's, it was the Holy Spirit teaching me to cry out the truth that I am a child of God. And at that time, it needed to be vocal. You know, our words are powerful. 
There's a good sermon about that. It's on YouTube from a few weeks ago. It was preached here. The power of our words. The power of our words are powerful to each other, but the power of our words are powerful to ourselves. What you say, you hear as well. What you say will affect you. So I heard somebody say, the, the person that says I can't do anything and the person that says I can do everything are both telling the truth because they're gonna, it's going to produce that truth. And when we, when we say the truth that we are God's children, we're not bragging, we're not boasting. We're, to, we're speaking the identity that is given to us by God. We're not creating an identity because only God can do that. We're not trying to convince God or anybody else. We're just trying to speak the truth to our minds because our minds are slow. But whether we feel or say or think that we're God's children, if we're Christians, we are God's son or daughter. It's the truth. It's not positive thinking. Well, it kind of is, but we're, we're, we're speaking the truth. We're not making a truth. And so it's important that what we say, what we speak, that we speak to the mountain. If we've got doubt in our minds, doubt in our hearts about our identity, about how, whether God loves us, speaking the truth has power. Even if we only say it with a faith as small as a mustard seed. We are God's children. So that's really the message I want to say is that we are God's children and the Holy Spirit is inside you telling you and convincing you. I want to pray in a moment that, that um, really that we get that, that the Holy Spirit starts to work even more in your heart, convincing you. Great song to listen to is by Lauren Daigle. Starts with this. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Uh, get it on YouTube or Spotify. What's the song called? You say. You say. It goes on to say, you say I'm loved. She's singing about what God says. We need to say what God says, not what the voices in our mind are telling us. We're God's children. Do you know, I heard a great, uh, somebody sharing recently, it was a great thing, and I have shared this. Um, John, when he wrote the gospel, he referred to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. Now, he could say that's a bit arrogant and brash. He's not saying, he never said, he never called himself the disciple that Jesus loved most or more than others. He was just declaring that he knew that he was the disciple that Jesus loved. But I want to say, John, that I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Yeah. Anybody here the disciple that Jesus loves? You're all. And you can say, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Because it's true. You're not, you're not saying about everybody else. But whatever anybody else thinks of you, you need to know. And you need to declare. Even if you're, you kind of believe 99% that you're not sure God loves. Just as a mustard seed of faith, you believe that. Declare it. 
because it's true. So I want to pray, and then we're going to uh, we just want to we're going to ask the musicians to come back and and play, and we're going to sing some truth because there are in that in that in that uh, verse I read, it talks about no, no not being any uh, any more children of fear or slaves of fear, uh, and we have fears inside ourselves that we're not enough. But the truth is, Christ is enough and we are in Christ and his children. Father, I thank you, Father, that you work deep in our hearts, at the deepest level of our being. Your Holy Spirit is teaching our spirit to cry out, Abba, Father, and to say that we're your children. And I want to pray in Jesus' name for everybody here that you, for the Spirit, I want to bless the work of the Spirit and pray for more of that, more of that. Right now, as, as people are just thinking of their fears and worries, that you would speak into the areas. And I, I pray that you would highlight areas in our thinking and our thoughts and our lives where we need to believe that, we need to declare that, that you would highlight and give us power by your Spirit to declare that into those uh, areas of our inner being. In Jesus' name, amen.